This is Live Well Talk on Breastfeeding. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at Unity Point Health, St. Luke's, Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Uh, it's World Breastfeeding Week, and returning to the podcast is Leanne Moses, the Lactation uh, Specialist at uh, Women's and Children's Center here at St. Luke's. Uh, last time we, you joined me, we were uh, talking about COVID-19 and breastfeeding, yes. and we kind of mission creeped into the uh, just the general breastfeeding and lactation specialist you have. Uh-huh. So we wanted to have you back, particularly during World Breastfeeding Week. Thank you. Which, uh, you know, I was not aware of that. Yes, uh, it's so exciting. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's always the first week of August. Yeah, it, oh, I'll <laughs> remember that. <laughs> yes, I'm sure. But so we want to kind of hit the the, the high points and, yeah. and really cover the questions that you see the most often because some people, as no matter the industry, they're a little afraid to ask questions sometimes. Yes. So first talk about what what are the benefits of breastfeeding? So there's many benefits for both the mom and the baby. Um, for the baby itself, it actually prevents many viral and bacterial infections. Breast milk actually lines the gut of the intestinal tract and can help prevent all of these things. I think it's pretty amazing. They say only one tablespoon of breast milk has millions of antibodies in it. So that just shows how just this little amount can go such a long way. It can lower the instances of diabetes, asthma, SIDS, um, tons of infections. Sudden infant death syndrome. Yes, yep. Um, Infections list goes on and on for the benefits health-wise for the baby. Then for the mother, same thing. It actually can lower for her postpartum depression because the emotions and the bonding that goes with breastfeeding. Um, Plus, it can decrease for her diabetes as well, helps her bring down her weight, which can help bring down her blood pressure. And just the bonding there in general for both of them is huge. It also has a financial benefit because the breast milk is free, which we all know formula is very expensive. So any little bit you can get to help your family is is huge. Particularly in these times. Yes. Uh, I, I think you've listed all the high points. Yeah. Um, what percentage of women does the milk not come in? So luckily most women... That's the right term. Yes. Yep. Um, Luckily for most women, they can make milk, um, but that's a very good point. Some women, unfortunately, don't make enough for their baby. But for those moms that really still want to do it and are feeling a little discouraged about that, that's the moms I like to tell, like I just mentioned, how that one tablespoon goes a long way. So if a mom can only make a little bit, it's still worth it. And then she can just kind of fill up the baby with formula if needed. But it's kind of like she gave the baby medicine in her breast milk and then made up the difference in formula. And then, yes, there are some women who really the milk just doesn't come in no matter how hard they try. But we're definitely here to help them and then kind of counsel them on their other options and and ways to make feeding their baby best. Because I do like to always throw that in there, fed babies best, and we'll help them get there, whether it is, you know, breast milk or formula or whatever they need. Right. I'm inferring this, but so you can take a little bit of breast milk and add it to formula and give it to the baby? Yes. So um, it's safe to mix it, but we always tell moms not to just because we don't want them to not get any of their milk. So say she pumped just a little bit and she poured formula with it and then she feeds that it bottle. It might dilute it exactly. down to the point and the, that and like you lose baby, that benefit that you talked about. Just if they don't finish the bottle, right. you know, okay. then right. some Got of that's it. missed. So I always tell them, give your milk first and then give the formula after. Okay. And if... If I'm a woman um, and my breast milk doesn't come in, is there is there something I should discuss with my doctor? Is there a medical condition that might be present that I need to have checked out? That, that could be. Um, that's a very good point. So with their OB, by their six-week checkup, they should be having um, with their OB. They could definitely bring that up if their milk's not in just to make sure. Usually most women, um, there's an underlying condition that caused like infertility 
and other things that have already been established. And when they're here and we see them, I do always talk to them about that. Um, so if they've had an infertility, that's one where sometimes women don't make enough milk or polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, maybe they've had breast surgery or different things like that can that, that can affect milk supply. So we definitely touch on that with them when they're here. But that is a great point. If they really, milk really doesn't come in and things aren't going well for them, they could bring it up at their OB just in case. But that's also what we're here for too. Not that we diagnose. I'm definitely not a doctor, but um, we can troubleshoot why maybe their milk isn't in or what they're, you know, what they're missing that they're not making a good supply. Yeah. Okay. That's just kind of curious there. Yeah. Um, so what, what, what actual services do you provide? So as a lactation consultant, there's one of us here every single day. And we see all the patients that deliver here every day or as needed, um, also in the NICU. Um, we also have, especially in our NICU, different nurses who are trained in breastfeeding to help so they can get help the whole time they're here. But then we're available every day. We also have a phone line so anyone can call in the community and um, leave us a message and we'll call them back and help them with whatever they need. And that number is 369-8944. Like I said, just leave a voice message because we might be on the floor, but we'll call you back. And that's the 319 area code, of yes, course. Yes, thank you. Yes, yep. And then we have, unfortunately, I should pause with coronavirus. Right now we do have our cl uh, classes on hold, but we will start them again. We will. And so we offer a prenatal breastfeeding course, which I highly recommend. I see a big difference in the moms who have taken that when I see them on the floor because they already know the holds and the form and the different things we're going to need to do over the next couple days. So I highly recommend that. And then after they go home and they have their baby, they can come back with their baby, and we have a support group. And we weigh the babies every week. We can check a latch. It's just a really good resource to keep the breastfeeding going as long as they want to. So for now, unfortunately, I don't know when they're going to start yet, but they can always call in and ask or watch the websites, and we're hoping to get them in soon. Yeah. You would think you'd be able to do something virtually at least. Actually, that's a great thing you brought up. We do have um, an online virtual appointment. Now, it's not with us. It's um, through telehealth, but it is um, a lactation consult that they can kind of video with. And that information is on our website or um, they can call in and get that from us. It's through insurance, so they have to check with their insurance. But if nothing else, they can always call us for free and we can guide them, hopefully answer their question. But if not, if they really need seen, we can get them to who they need to be seen by. Okay. Um, right now with coronavirus, a lot of the pediatricians in the office, the nurses are helping with weight checks and other things to make sure breastfeeding is going well. So I definitely don't want a woman to feel like they're stuck at home and can't get the help they need because of this. Do you think the trend is increasing uh, as women breastfeeding? Yes. And I'm happy to say that um, a lot of, you know, if you talk to maybe your generation, it was a lot of people bottle fed. Um, like my mom did breastfeed me, but she, we talk about how that generation bottle feeding was definitely the thing. And it's definitely trended back more to breast. At, um, here at Unity Point, our goal is to have 80% and above women breastfeeding. And we're definitely hitting that. So that's exciting. Um, I definitely say yes. Yeah. It, it, so I, I'm just turned 51. <laughs> and it seems like I can remember cloth diapers. Yeah. You know, my mom doing that and having yeah. a diaper service. You know, it's, then it was like disposable diapers came in and breast milk. I mean, yeah. lacti you know, so everybody's like, I'm not doing this anymore, yeah. you know, and they went with the disposable diapers. and the, Yeah, so I, I definitely think there's a pendulum swing, swing yes. in there. That's interesting. 
I mean, I'm sure some women don't have confidence in themselves. Just people sometimes yeah. don't have confidence in themselves. What do you do to build their confidence with this? So we'll see them while they're here, and then we can help them with their skills, which will make them more confident. If a woman wants, we'll gladly help with them physically to latch and show them the form and get the baby on. And it's so neat. That's something I find rewarding in my job when the baby does get on for the first time and I got to help them. And they are so excited. You can just see it in their face like, I just did this. This is working. So that's huge. And then just talking to them of ways to make it work in their life. You're exactly right with confidence and just the way our world is now. Everyone judges each other and, you know, there's social media and there's things that it's it's hard. And so just making them feel comfortable in their own skin to that they can breastfeed anywhere and how they can make it work with going back to work and different things in their life. Because I hear those kind of things a lot like, well, I can only do it till I work again or, you know, I can only do it if nobody's around or things like that. So just talking to them and everyone's situation is different and giving them options to make it work for them. And hopefully they can walk out of here feeling confident. And if not, you know, that does happen where unfortunately our patients only stay two or three days and that's not us. Of course, that's insurance. So they right. have to, you know, they have to go home, but just letting them know we're still there so they can call and we can keep them confident and keep this going as long as they would like. Now, I know when, I know the whole donation, the the breast milk, bank. Yes. I almost said blood bank, but breast milk <laughs> bank. And that's pasteurized. Do I, if, if I'm a mom and I'm, I'm pumping, do I, do I have to worry about that pasteurizing that, my own milk? No, that's a good question. So the milk bank. Um, well, I, that's my job to ask the good question. Yes. <laughs> um, it's pretty cool. The milk bank obviously tests the mothers and then they test the milk and they pasteurize the milk to make it safe to be donated all over. And I'm pretty proud to say here at Unity Point, we have that milk. And that's something good for our patients to know if they choose St. Luke's that we can give that to anyone's baby who needs it. Um, but for them at home, they don't have to worry about it. What's so cool about breast milk is it just adjusts to the baby and what they need. And it even does that with time. What I mean by that is the baby gets older, the breast milk in the mother's body adjusts to what that baby needs, which I think is just phenomenal. And if the mom gets a cold or the baby gets a cold, that breast milk even kind of kicks into heightened gear huh. and makes more antibodies for that baby. So the mother doesn't have to worry about anything like that, except, of course, if she's pumping, she needs to watch her pump parts. And um, going back to coronavirus, we're saying, yes, definitely breastfeed, but wear a mask, wash your hands, um, wash your pump parts, things like that. Yeah, I, I think the last time we talked, there's still not solid evidence of vertical transmission or breast milk yeah. with coronavirus. That still remains the same. What, what happens after they go home? I mean, uh, uh, like you said, the yeah. stays aren't as long as they used to be in the hospital. What happens when they go home? So we hope for them that they're successfully breastfeeding. The hard part is women sometimes go home and their milk's not in. And then once it comes in, usually breastfeeding gets a lot easier. The baby's getting fuller longer, which is allowing the mom to sleep better. Um, her nipples, her body's getting more adjusted to breastfeeding, so they're not in as much pain. So it usually gets better. But that's why we say still to call us um, if they need anything, because now with their milk coming in comes new questions. We try to address all that with them before they leave. And then, of course, they'll take their baby to the pediatrician for a checkup, and they'll be watching the baby's weights to make sure baby's getting enough. So there's a lot of um, guidance even after home, you should say. And then, again, I hope to get our support group back where we watch the baby's weight because that's one of the biggest things with breastfeeding for a mom at home to watch to make sure baby's getting enough is the weight, baby's pees and poops, making sure they're, they're having wets and dirties constantly throughout the day. A baby should have six to eight wets daily and hopefully a stool daily. And then contentment that the baby's eating and content afterwards, you know, not always acting hungry. 
And then a mom can physically feel when her milk comes in. And these are all things, again, that usually happen after they're home. But it's good for people out there to know those tips. And then we do address that with them when they're here, too, so they know that. But You know, I have a list of pet peeves, like <laughs> urban myths, that I'm just like, shake my head that, no, that's not real. Do you have some for breastfeeding? Like stuff that you're just like, oh, I can't believe people believe this. Um, that's a good question. Not really off the top of my head. Um, just making sure moms know that they can make milk. I mean, like you addressed earlier, yes, there are some situations, but most of the time the stories I hear, you know, if, if we could have counseled with them or worked with them, maybe there was something that was missed. Um, I'll have to think about that one for next time. That's All right. <laughs> uh, next August. Yes, exactly. The first exactly. week will be World uh, I'll, I'll Breastfeeding be Week question. again, and we can bring you back for there. <laughs> uh, final question. Why did you become uh, interested in uh, lactation? So I've been a nurse here now for 13 years, and as a postpartum nurse in the Women and Children's Center, I just loved helping these women breastfeed. And like I touched on earlier, just being that one that kind of gets that baby to actually latch and seeing how happy that makes them. And then I currently, I have three children, and I'm currently nursing my third child. And for me personally, it's just been a great experience and it's something I'm very proud of and the bonding. And so I really wanted to help moms who wanted to do this, do it as well. All right. So it's just been very rewarding for me. Well, that's, it's awesome. This is great information. Once again, this is Leanne Moses, lactation specialist at St. Luke's uh, Birth Care Center. For more information, visit unipoint.org. Thank you for listening to Live Well Talk On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well.